If you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 8. Also, I want to honor a, a, a bishop that's in the house, Bishop Jonathan. Stand up, Bishop Jonathan. Just want to thank you for be, being with us today. Thank you so much. Amen. Uh, Pastor uh, Bishop uh, um, Jonathan, he's from Uganda. He, he works with Christian Men's Network over there, and he's connected over uh, how many churches in Africa? How many churches? Over 7,000 churches throughout Africa that he's connected with. And, and so thank you for being with us this evening. It's so great to have you. Amen. You know, Wednesday nights, is, it's like our Bible school. And it's just a time where we can just break down the word. Uh, last week, we just finished our series on renewing the mind that we were on for 10 weeks. Also, during that time, we had a marriage class going on. We had a finance class going on. If you were part of those classes, did you enjoy that? You know, uh, and we'll probably have some other classes we'll start in September as well. But I'm starting a new series tonight, and it's called I Have Decided. You know, and, and, and with this, there's a lot of things that we're going to cover in this series. And, and tonight, I'm going to talk about what is a disciple. And you're like, well, I, I know what a disciple is. You know, and, but the thing is, is, is if, if your life hasn't changed or your life isn't progressing, are you truly a disciple? You know, and, and this is, is core needful for where we are in the season as a church, because as a church, what God's called us to do, what, what he's told us to do within this community, he's given us 80 acres here that's paid for. You know, and, and, and Fort Worth has been moving this way, and, and we've been working on the foundation of our church for a number of years and, and our leadership, and, and we're continuing to solidify some of those things. But, but, but where we're going, what God's called us to do is make a dramatic impact in this community. You know, what the church that we see is a church of 2,000 people next door and, you know, in our new facility, and, and that's what we see. We see a team of 500 people going out on a, on a monthly basis, evangelizing, serving, ministering in our community, whether that's prisons, whether that's, that's um, uh, um, you, know, you know, elderly homes, uh, it's, uh, it's um, you know, homeless shelters, and so forth. One-on-one evangelism, just serving, serving, serving our local high schools any way that we can. So, so th- this, is, this is big on the inside of not just our heart. This is, this is on the inside of God's heart because, because discipleship wasn't, wasn't about, is not about gaining fathers, followers, but it's about impacting generations. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. He didn't say go into the world and, and have converts. He said, let's go into all the world and let's make disciples. And, and for, for, for just so you know, from my standpoint as a pastor, my, my, my heart in this series isn't for you to become my disciple. Right. My heart within this series is for you to be a disciple of the Lord. Yes. See, my role as a gift within the body of Christ is a pastor teacher. And what I do, and according to Ephesians, Ephesians 4, and what this church is about is, is, is we're, we're not a, an evangelistic Sunday morning ser- service. You're, this is, yeah, well, people get saved Sunday mornings, but, but what we're about is to train you up, train the body of Christ up to, to perfect the saints to do the work of the ministry. So, so if you're a part of this house and you're a part of this body, that means, that means the things that you hear, whether Sunday, Wednesday, small groups, whatever it is, it is to do is to perfect your life in such a degree that it causes you to go out there and affect the world around you. Because what we're about as a church is, is, is making winners in life. But how do we accomplish it? An experience with God? Everything starts with an experience with God. You're here tonight because somewhere along the line, you had an experience with God. 
The second thing is you're, we're, you're, we equip people with the word. The word is the foundation to success. And the last thing is, is to engage so you influence the world around you. It's not just having an experience with God. It's not just about being puffed up with the word, but it's about taking that experience and taking that word and going outside of these doors and changing and influence someone else's life with it, right? That's what we're about. And so, so what we, you know, we're in the near future, we'll be going to two services on Sunday morning. And, and, and so, so the thing is, is, is we're, we're, I'm wanting, I'm wanting us to be equipped and, and I'm, I'm calling on people to take a, a greater step of discipleship, a greater step into being a disciple. And so let's unpack this. And, and tonight I'm just going to deal with what is a disciple and what is the goal? What is a disciple and what is the goal of discipleship. What's the purpose of discipleship? So if you, if, did I have you turn to John chapter eight, John chapter eight, if you're, if you're not there yet, get to John chapter eight. So father, help me communicate what you desire for us to grow in as a church. Thank you. Holy spirit. In John chapter eight, verse 31 it says, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Let me read it again. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. What did they do? They believed on him. Then, Jesus, then these are words in red, right? Like what Mr. Copeland says, red words win. <laughs> you know, red words win, right? He says, if you continue in my word, then you are what? So here we have a group of people following Jesus. And it says these Jews, they believed on him. Then Jesus says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. You are my disciples. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You see, it didn't say this. It doesn't say those that believed on him were disciples. It doesn't say those that believed on him were disciples. It says those that continued in the word were his disciples. You see, there's a big disconnect, I believe, in the body of Christ is there's a difference between being a believer and being a disciple. Just because you have believed doesn't make you a disciple. And we're, we're going we're gonna to get into this. It's, you know, it all starts with believing. But just because you believed doesn't mean you're actually a disciple. You see, continue in my word. The word continue here is a word in the Greek means meno. And it means to remain. It means to sojourn with. It means to follow along with. It means to sit down. It means to remain. It means to endure. So here it's saying when you continue, meaning you're enduring in this, meaning, meaning as I continue in this, meaning, meaning this is going to be a continual process. It's a continual process. Then you'll be my disciple Indeed. What is a disciple? A disciple is a learner. A disciple, disciple is a follower. A disciple is not just a pupil, but a disciple is also an adherent. 
What is an adherent? An adherent is someone who supports a particular party, person, or a set of ideas. So, so it's not just, it, but, but it, get, I want you to understand this. It's being a disciple is not just scholastic learning. Being a disciple is not just getting a lot of information. You know, in our mindset, in, the, in our Western culture, I believe our Western culture really hinders us from understanding the dynamics of what the word tries to communicate to us. You know, you know, for instance, you know, especially in, within the USA, in this Western understanding, we like to view everything through a democracy. Right. <laughs> but yet we serve a king. See, we like, we like to choose we, we want, what we want to choose out of the word of God. Why? Because we have a Western understanding that I, I have a choice. Yes, you have a choice, but, but, you, but you better line your choice up with his choice. Because he is a king. This, this, this is a kingdom. It's not a democracy. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not choosing. Well, and, and it's still, no, no, it's, it's his way. It is his way or the highway. <laughs> You see, because it's a kingdom, it's not a democracy. And, and, so, and so I really believe a lot of times in our mindsets, we see things as Texans or we see things as, 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 as the, our, our experience, our culture, what we're taught, how we learn. And this word disciple, like I said, we, we could be limited by is just someone that's just hearing the word or just someone that's getting more information. But, but if we look at this from more of a, an Eastern, an Oriental, or a, like an Eastern understanding of a disciple, it's a whole different concept than our understanding of a disciple. It's not just, it's not just hearing something. You know, uh, in, uh, I think it was 1972, there was a show that came out. I wasn't born quite yet. I was, I was negative one. I was negative one. I was born in 73. And so, and there was a, there was a show called Kung Fu. Everybody, Kung Fu fighting, run fast as lightning. You know, you know, and you had what, you had the master and you had what, grasshopper. You know, you had the grasshopper, you know. And so you had the master and then you had the grasshopper. The grasshopper was the disciple. I'm sorry, Jonathan, this doesn't commuting, but it's... How about you get in the 80s and you got, and you got, how about Karate Kid? You got, you got, you got Mr. Miyagi, you know, wax on, wax off, you know, I love that part. What, what, what color belt are you? He goes, brown, JC Penney's, you know, I like, like that, but you know, and so, but, but the whole idea of his understanding of this, this Eastern understanding of it was Daniel LaRusso's idea was, was, you know, I need to learn how to fight because I'm getting beat up. And so he goes to Mr. Miyagi and he's like, he's like, you know, you need to teach me to fight. And he's like, yeah, I'll teach you to fight and, and all that. And so all they, they come out and he's like, he's like, he's like, paint the fence, paint the fence. I'm, I might get, get these out of order, but paint the fence, you know, up, you know, you know, got to get that little, you know. And, and so, so here he is, is, is he's like, and, he, and he's d- doing this day after day, day after day. He gets done painting all the fence. And, and, and then, then one of the things was, was, was wax the car. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. 
You know, then it was like scrub the floor or something. I don't know. There was all sorts of things. But, but the whole concept was he was just, I just want to fight. I just, just, I mean, don't I need to learn how to punch? He goes, he goes, no, you need to understand other things first. And see, a lot of times in our Christian life, we, we want to, we want to go out and do great things, but are we established in the things that will sustain us the rest of our life? And so as a disciple, we just think, oh, just hearing. No, no, there, there's an aspect of just hearing and doing. There's a hearing and doing, but there's another process that we, we forget about discipleship is it's about conforming to. And I'll get into that in a moment. You know, there's, a, there's another, another analogy we could have if you're Star Wars fans. You know, you know Jedi's, you, you had to become a Padawan. You know, Yoda was, Luke was... Was, uh, was the Padawan to, uh, to, to Yoda. So the whole aspect is for them to totally understand and take on, take on the characteristics, take on the skills of their particular leader, the master. And so when we talk about discipleship, we need to get out of our, our, our Western understanding of just hearing something to the fact that what I'm hearing needs to totally shape my life. And I totally live by this. Discipleship is about being developed. I don't know about you, but, but I, I'm still being developed. How about you? See, being a disciple is about being developed. It's not just gaining information, but it's about being developed. Let's go to Acts chapter 20. Say, I have decided to be a disciple. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Acts 20. Verse 28 says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God. See, this isn't my church. You're not my disciples. This is God's church and you're a disciple of Jesus. I'm a disciple of Jesus. You know, back in the 70s and 80s, there was, a, there was a lot of teaching that went on, and they called it the shepherding movement. They called a lot of different things where there was this element of control where everything had to go by the pastor. Everything. You know, who are you going to marry? You know, you know, should I buy the Ford or the Chevy? Should I? You know, my, my, my thing is to teach you and to show you that you have the ability to hear the Holy Spirit. I'm not the voice of the Holy Spirit for you. You're not my disciple. You're a disciple of the Lord. I'm a disciple of the Lord. And so, so a lot of times people shy away from this discipleship because they think it's this element of control. No, I'm not trying to control you. I'm trying to lead you like, like Jesus is leading me. Paul, Paul said, Paul, Paul wasn't making things about himself. He was saying, you know, yeah, Paul said several times, follow me. But what? As I follow the Lord. See, it's not just follow me, but follow me as what? I follow the Lord. We're going after the Lord. I'm going after Jesus. I don't want you coming after Justin. Because you may see some things in Justin and the natural like, he's weird. I'm, I'm, I'm human. I want you looking at Jesus. Yes, I want to live a life that you can follow, but I always want to point you to Jesus. I always want to point you to Jesus. 
Here in verse 29 says, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. The Amplified says at the end there, it says, will endeavor to draw away the disciples after them to their own party. See, as I talk about discipleship, I'm not trying to draw you after my party. I'm not trying to draw after me. I'm not trying to gain sons. I'm not trying to gain people. I'm, I'm, I'm here to be an example of Jesus and to help us all grow up. We're all in this together, right? We're all in this together. We're all continuing in his word. Amen. Thank you, Father. Go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. There was a lot of people that believed Jesus. And there were some people that believed Jesus for a period of time. And there were some people that believed and followed Jesus for a particular time. But there's also some that no longer followed him. John chapter, uh, John chapter 6, we see where he has the 12 disciples and he has the 70 other disciples. And they're following him. And Jesus starts talking about some stuff that they don't understand. And they, they decide to walk away. What They chose to no longer follow him. And so there's a difference between just believing... And being a disciple. Being a disciple is I'm following. I'm remaining close to. I'm staying hooked up with. Thank you, Father. Luke chapter 5, verse 10 says, Thank you, Father. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon and Jesus, said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. You see, there was a, they, they believed, but it went beyond just believing now. It went to a place where they forsook all and followed. You know, there's this, this aspect of discipleship that, that we need to understand is believing in just believing in, in Jesus as existing can only take you so far in your walk with him. Just believing in his existence. It has to go into where you renew your mind to his will and to his ways. You know, there's, there's a difference where, where when you get in, when you talk about discipleship, it's all of a sudden when you, you see, when you, you believe, there's, some, there's a few things that will change in your life. When you become a, t- a disciple, your priorities change. You see, there, there's a priority shift in your life. When you become a disciple and not just a believer, there's a priority shift. Here, here it said, they forsook all and followed him. There was a cost to discipleship. I'm going to have Vic ministering on the cost of discipleship next week. And so, so there's a cost to discipleship. They forsook all. You see, they were fishermen. You know, so what did they do the day before that? Fished. What did they do before the day before that? Fished. What did they do the day before that? They fished. 
What did they do the day before that? They fished. Why? Because they were fishermen. But what did they do the next day after they met Jesus? They didn't go fishing. That means there was a priority shift in their hearts, meaning, meaning you know what? It's time, it's time for us to go a little bit deeper. It's time for me to go a little bit farther. Let, let's go over to verse 27. You see, if our priorities haven't changed over the years, then we're probably not a disciple. If you're doing some of the same things you were doing 10 years ago, then you're probably stepped away from the process of discipleship somewhere along the line. (laughs) So quiet in here. Verse 27, after these things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of customs. And he said unto him, follow me. And Levi left all, left all, rose up, followed him, followed him. Man, and he left all, rose up and followed him. And he left all, rose up and followed him. It wasn't just, he didn't follow just for that day. He followed, for we know for the most, the majority of the rest of his life. He followed. He followed. He forsook all. There was a, here he is, he's a, he's a wealthy man. He's a, he, he is, no one really likes him because he's like the tax collector. But, but yet he's a wealthy man. He's, he's got, he's got class. He's got position. He has all these different things. And yet Jesus comes to him and says, follow me. And he left all. He didn't say, you know what, I want to cancel a few appointments, you know, and I'll be back tomorrow. No, he left all. Meaning all of a sudden his priorities totally changed in his life. Hallelujah. Let's look at, um, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. What does a person as a disciple look like? Let's look at some, some examples of um, a person that's a disciple. <clears throat> Verse 24. It says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain. So that run that you may obtain. And everyone that strives for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beats the air. But I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others... I myself should be a castaway. So what is he? He's equating in, in this chapter. He's talking about an Olympic athlete. You see, you see, discipleship is he, he's talking about how what he had to do. How do you keep my body under? See here, Paul's talking about I believe. But yet there was another process that had to take him beyond believing is, you know what? It's got to affect my life. You know, someone that's an Olympic athlete, athlete, how young do they start when they're to, to training to be an, athlete, an Olympic athlete? Swimmers or ice skaters, they, they don't decide to start when they're, they're 15. No, they're starting when they can barely walk. You know what? And sometimes as, a, as an Olympic athlete, you can't eat what everyone else eats. That's right. You can't do what everyone else does. 
You can't go where everyone, everyone else might be out doing certain things and, 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 and staying up late and, and going here and going there. But when you're athlete, you know, you might have to get up at, at, at 5 a.m. You might have to, you know, stay up. You might have to practice eight hours a day. You might have to eat eight meals a day. You may have to do all these different things. So if you're going to be an Olympic athlete, you're going to have to totally change how you do things. And it can't be the way everyone else does it and just, you know, well, I'm just going to be great, but yet never make any adjustments. Even Paul said, I keep my body under. So here, this is an aspect of discipleship. This is an aspect. He goes, he goes, you know, they're doing it for, for a wreath that withers, but we're running a race for something that's eternal. The new living says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs but only one gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They're disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it uh, for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm just disciplining my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So here, this aspect of discipleship, he talks about an athlete. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2. Verse 1 says... So you, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace. One thing we have to realize, anything that we do in God is not in our own ability. Amen. I'm not talking about this discipleship aspect being in your own ability. But it's relying on him. It's being strong. He says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. Be strong in the grace. He, you know... We need to be strong men and women of God. You need to be a strong husband. You need to be a strong wife, a strong father, a strong mother. You need to be strong. You need to be strong in your workplace. Verse 2 says, and and says, and the instructions which you have heard. So be strong in the grace and the instructions which you have heard from me along with many witnesses. Transmit and entrust to reliable and faithful men who will be competent and qualified to teach other, others also. Take with me your share of hardships and sufferings which you were called to endure as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier, when in service, gets entangled in the enterprises of civilian life. You see, a lot of times people just have this idea that, okay, I made Jesus the Lord of my life and I can just live any way I want to live. See, that's, that's just someone that believed. But when you become a disciple, your priorities change. Your priorities change. Can't do what everyone else does. You know, a lot of times people want to want to do amazing and, and great things, but don't understand the cost of following. And I found a scripture in, in Jeremiah 12, and it says this. It says, he goes, if you had raced with men on foot 
and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? Meaning, if you're, if you're, if you're worn out by just natural things, how are you going to run with the horses? Meaning, there, meaning there's, there's difficult things that you're going to face in this life. And you know what? As, as what Paul is communicating to Timothy is Timothy, he's following God and, 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 and Timothy's following him as he's following the Lord. What's he saying? You know what? You're going to experience difficult things, Timothy. But you know what? We have to be soldiers. You know what? And we're not going to get entangled with what everyone else gets entangled with. If you're getting wore out by just everyday life, how are you going to run with the horses? And then he says this. He says, if you stumble in a safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? Meaning, meaning there's things that you're going to, meaning we have to step it up in our lives. This is about being disciples. So, so here, these aspects of discipleship, what it looks like, it looks like an athlete training. And it looks like a, looks like a, a soldier being trained for battle. Verse four again says, no soldier when in service gets entangled in the enterprises of civilian life. His aim is to satisfy and please the one who enlisted him. To please and satisfy the one who enlisted him. It's not about you pleasing me. It's about, it's about following him. And it's not about your, it's not about your earning, your, it's not about your good works. Earning your place. It's not about good works. It's about, it's about choosing just to be a follower of him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So what's the purpose of discipleship? What is the desired goal of being a disciple? I'll close with this. Just two more scriptures. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. So tonight I just want to lay the foundation. I think there's about, I think, 12 different teachings that we're going to be doing in this. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 10. So what's the purpose and goal of discipleship? Matthew chapter 10, let's look at verse 24. Says the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his lord. Verse twenty-five. It is enough. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant as his lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant as his lord. Let's go to Luke chapter six. So the disciple is not above his master. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Luke chapter 6. Verse 39. It says, And he spoke a parable unto them. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they both fall into the ditch? The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. Read that again. The disciple is not above his master. Now, now get this. 
We'll never be above Jesus, but we're called to be like Jesus. We're, see, this whole aspect and the goal of discipleship is to be like Jesus. The, the whole goal and the whole thing, this whole thing of pursuit, this whole thing and this cost of disciple, everything comes down to being like Jesus. The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. The word perfect here is, means fully trained or completely developed. So the disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is completely developed shall be like his master. You see, this whole aspect of discipleship is about being developed into what God's created you to be, created Rochelle to be, created Jonathan to be, Summer and Stephen to be, Dolores to be. It's not about being like Justin, not like being like Dr. Savell. Oh, yeah, we hope we have some great traits in our life that, that you could emulate and, and great things that you could learn from us. But, but man, uh, Jesus is so much better than me. And, 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 it, and as pastors, some people might have different perceptions of this. And, you know, it's like if I were to lead you to Jesus, the master, would that now make me your master? No, it wouldn't. I led you to the master. I'm not the master. He's the master. And our goal for discipleship, the goal for I have decided, the goal of our Christian life, the moment you made Jesus the Lord of your life, is to not be above your master, but to be fully developed like your master. You have the ability to be fully developed like Jesus. You have the ability... To be fully developed like Jesus. You see, those that walk with him, man, they experience this. Man, they spent, they spent, man, time with him. They followed him. He showed them how to do it. He, he corrected them. He showed them a lot of different things in his life. You know, there's times where the word will correct you. There's times the word will rebuke you. There's times where the Holy Spirit will, will say go. And there's times where the Holy Spirit will say stay. There's times that, and all this is part of that discipleship process. But the whole aspect of what Jesus is after and why he sent the Holy Spirit was so we could be like our master. Fully developed like our master. And it was, it was said about the disciples in the book of Acts. And man, it, it said about them. And there's people that said about them. Not unbelieving, unbelievers said about them. Man, we don't know, but we can tell they've been with Jesus. We can tell they've been with Jesus. See, if they were with Jesus, that means they were discipled by Jesus. But you and I, we can be with Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Word. And we can be like Jesus. Hallelujah. You have a master. And he's calling you to be like him. Will you follow or you just want to be a, a believer. 
You know, a lot of times when people accept Jesus into their life and the call that they hear is, well, I guess I need to find, find the place where I sit in church. <laughs> That's my seat right there. Those two right there. That's my seat. No, the call of a believer is the, actually the call to be a disciple. And the disciple isn't about finding your place where you sit in church, but it's developing yourself like him so he can build the church. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. And, and Father, I just thank you for just, as we go through this throughout the summer, Father, I just thank you for our hearts to continue to be open to become like you. That's our pursuit. That's our pursuit to forsake all and follow you. To forsake all and follow you. To forsake all and follow you. So we can be like you. Thank you, Father. Everyone stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just over the weeks, I just want you to, I just want you to make a commitment to, to be here when you can. And let this word continue to equip us. Train us up. And do what he desires to do in our lives. You know, because what, you're, what I'm called to do is not what you might be called to do. The people that you're called to reach are maybe not the people I'm called to reach. But I know there's aspects, even for me, there's even areas in my life, you know what, I need to forsake that. I need, I need, to, I need to let that thought process go. So I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to all of us individually throughout this series and show us areas that we need to let go of so we can follow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. If that's your heart to be a disciple, just lift your hand. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that you see the hands and you see, more importantly, you see the hearts. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your hand that's on our lives. And our heart cry is to be like you, to follow you. And to be able to say, just like Jesus did in John 17, verse 4, that I have finished and I've completed down to the last detail everything you called me to do. That's what we're after. We're after... Like the Apostle Paul said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That all of us, with uplifted hands and hearts, Father, we want to go farther. We want to die to self in areas where we need to. 
We want to be your hands. We want to be your feet. We want to be love. We want to be your voice. And thank you that through this and through your word, you will continue to show us how to do that, how to be like that Olympic athlete, how to be like that, that soldier. I thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. You received this word tonight? Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.